Donald Trump apparently didn't get a lot of sleep on Sunday evening and he decided to take out all of his rage on Truth Social. Even though Donald Trump actually had a good weekend, right? I mean, he won the South Carolina primary, defeated Nikki Haley on her home turf. He got to have his wonderful speech at CPAC. And so why was he in such a horrid mood Sunday evening at actually stretched all the way into Monday morning? Well, he's panicked about his upcoming trial in New York. The very first criminal trial that he's facing uh, coming up uh, March 24th or 25th. I forget the exact date, but either way, it's coming up now in less than a month and he's terrified. So he began his post right around midnight, Sunday evening, when he said, wow, the Mark Levin show just showed how unconstitutional and unfair the New York state attorney general case against me is a total hoax election interference at the highest level next showing 3 a.m. Eastern on Fox news. So, okay. You're, you're working as a bit of a hype man for Fox news, I guess. Um, you know, if you've got nothing better to do, why not? Um, but I don't think anybody's actually looking to a Fox news host for full real legal analysis on what's happening in your trials. Not to mention the fact that if this was something Fox news actually had faith in, they wouldn't be showing it at midnight and 3 AM, right? This kind of seems like if it was real and accurate and strong, this would probably be prime time, not midnight on a Sunday. So even Fox news was like, yeah, let's just kind of bury that crap. But Hey, Trump was watching and that's all that matters. And then Trump once again got back on Truth Social, and this time he cited non-existent rules from the Department of Justice that claim that all cases against him must be halted in an election year. Here's what he said. The very strict rules and regulations of the Department of Injustice state clearly that you can't prosecute a political opponent or anyone <laughs> right in the middle of his or her campaign. Why didn't they bring these fake charges three years ago? That would have solved all of their problems. The answer is they aimed for the various trials to come up during my campaign for president 2024. This includes DOJ subservient subsidiaries like local DA and AG offices. In other words, all of these fake political prosecutions, persecutions of crooked Joe Biden's political opponent must be immediately halted. Whew, boy. Have you ever been just so mentally unstable and panicked about your future that you create an alternative reality in your head that you then project onto the world? Because that's what he's doing here. There is literally nothing anywhere inside the department of justice that says that you can't prosecute somebody if they're running for office. That's not a thing never has been in the United States. He literally made it up. He is so desperate to avoid prosecution that he is just making stuff up. And I promise you all of his idiot followers that read this will believe this. They will immediately think, oh, well, the DOJ is not allowed to do this. This will become the new talking point. Like they're not even legally allowed to. The DOJ has rules. No, they don't. They, they don't exist. Trump is out there making an argument based on something he created in his own brain. That that's not a legal argument. That is not going to stand up in court, which is why he's making the argument on true social and not actually in court. But again, thought he had a pretty good weekend, thought he'd be in a good mood, but apparently the looming trial that he is facing 
is just eating away at him so much that he's not sleeping and he's going through these intermittent bouts of rage and the only outlet he has for them is Truth Social. During a recent interview on Newsmax, Alina Haba, Donald Trump's favorite lawyer, almost got tricked into arguing against the idea of presidential immunity. And in order to avoid being tricked, she ended up having to defend President Biden. So it's kind of an interesting situation, right? She got almost tricked into saying that presidents shouldn't have immunity, but then technically did get tricked into having to defend President Biden because she walked into a trap that I don't think the Newsmax interviewer even realized that she had set. Now, the Newsmax host was a a woman by the name of Lydia uh, Bastianik. And Lydia Bastianik asked Alina Haba this, quote, We saw what happened with that Venezuelan illegal alien who is now accused of killing that nursing student, Lake and Riley. Now he's accused of killing this beautiful young girl, 22 years old, prime of her life. Does Joe Biden have blood on his hands at this point, Alina? Okay. So she's asking about an alleged undocumented immigrant who allegedly killed a 22 year old. Uh, So Alina Haba then responds to, does he have blood on his hands? She says, 100%. Look, the whole thing with our borders, the whole thing with them bringing these people in that, that they could vote in November because they need 10 million more votes to beat Trump. And Joe Biden is more concerned with his polls, which he can't win fair and square because the man can't even walk. So he has to do this. He has to let you in. They care about one thing and that's figuring out a way to cheat. This is the new way to cheat, lie and steal for 2024. And that's the truth. And it's frightening for me. More continues in a moment, but let me stop and digest all of the BS that Alina Haba just spewed. We need 10 million illegal immigrants, she says, to come in and vote in 2024. Much like Donald Trump does, that's something she made up in her little brain. Like her horribly terrible legal mind made this up. Or... She heard somebody else probably say it from the Trump campaign. I don't think she's even clever enough to come up with a lie like this. And she just repeated it. That's not true. That's not a thing that has happened. It is not a policy. And for the record, President Biden also does not have an open borders policy here in the United States. In terms of immigration policy differences between the Trump administration and the Biden administration, virtually nothing has changed. The only thing that has changed is that we have allowed more asylum seekers to come into this country legally, not illegally, legally. We're actually conducting more deportations under Biden. We're apprehending more illicit drugs at the border under Biden. We're apprehending more people illegally crossing the border under Biden. So his immigration policy is actually a little more strict and a little more effective than what Donald Trump had. So if we're talking about Does he have blood on his hands from, from this young 22 year old being murdered? Absolutely not. Biden did not do that because there is no Biden policy saying, let everybody come in. I know Republicans love to think that that's a thing, but it is not. You are living in a fantasy world, but it's at this point that Alina Haba somehow, some way managed to avoid walking into this trap that was then laid by Bastianak who asked, should the family sue? I mean, Could they do something? I mean, Joe Biden bears direct responsibility for allowing these illegals, for allowing cartel members and gang members into this country. 
First of all, again, no, he doesn't because there is actually no policy signed by President Biden that says this. He has not endorsed a policy and he has not prevented legislation from moving forward to shut down the border. Republicans are the ones who did that. So technically it would be the Republicans who actively allowed people to come into the country. So just to correct your incorrect statement there, that's how it is. But can he sue? And that's when Alina Haba, shockingly enough, avoided walking into that trap, but instead had to defend President Biden when she said, you know, it's a tough question for me to answer because I'm an attorney for a former president. Presidents have immunities that need to be preserved. And I truly do believe that. And I think that presidents need to have immunity so that they can carry out their duties. And I mean, all presidents, uh, lawsuits and litigation, you know, unfortunately are not always the answer. They, they take time unless you're Trump, they take time. And I think that, that, that it's more important, frankly, that we get our borders secure than waste time trying to get money in uh, litigious. Okay. Well, that's a bit of a word salad. But you were caught off guard because you wanted to say, yeah, let's sue the bastard. Let's hold him accountable. But then you're like, oh crap, if I do that, then that would mean there's no presidential immunity. Then the guy that I'm representing, oh, he's screwed. Oh no. So your brain couldn't come up with a complete coherent sentence. So for the record, I want you to know, I wasn't stumbling through that. That's what she said and how she said it because she knew she was in the trap. So it's either defend Biden or say that Trump also doesn't have immunity. So either way, you technically did get trapped there. And to be honest, you really didn't do that great of a job getting out of the trap. Republican Congressman Matt Gates gave his speech at CPAC on Friday evening. And during his speech, he actually boasted, he bragged about the fact that he has made life for his fellow Republicans in Congress, a living hell. Basically, based on what Matt Gates said during this speech, which I will read to you in just a moment, uh, his whole job in DC is just to create chaos. That's it. I'm just there to F stuff up. Here's what Matt Gates said. In Congress, I'm often excoriated, smeared, derided for exposing a corrupt system that has been weaponized against we the people. I've made it a living hell for the swamp rats and many of them are retiring now. In fact, CNN just ran an article blaming me for their departures. You're welcome. Truth is, we can't save the nation with the current Republican team. We have to get tougher, smarter, and we need newer, bolder voices in the United States Congress. So if you're out there campaigning and running as a Paul Ryan or Kevin McCarthy Republican, my message to you is this. They don't work here anymore. Now, for the record, 23 Republicans have announced that they will not be seeking re-election this year. That does not include Kevin McCarthy, who ended his career at the end of 2023. So we have more than two dozen Republicans at this point who have said, screw this, I'm out, which by the way, definitely screws over the Republican party because instead of having an incumbent now running in a race, even if it's in a deep red district, you now have an open seat, which is far more expensive for you to run. And by the way, you're out of money as a Republican party. You got $8 million in the bank to, you know, defend 435 house seats and try to take back the Senate and win the presidency. You're not going to be able to do that with $8 million. So good job bragging about that, Matt, because your party is in complete shambles and your response is you're welcome. 
you're taking on the Swamp Rats in DC? I would love to know what you've done. I am one of your constituents, and as I've repeatedly said, you've literally done nothing throughout your entire career. Not just not for the district, I'm talking about not for the country at all. You haven't taken on the swamp. The one thing you've done, and I will applaud you for this, is you teamed up with AOC to bring forth legislation that bans congressional stock trading, something that needs to happen. But it hasn't passed. So you can't you can't put that feather in your cap yet, bud, because you didn't actually do it. You teamed up with somebody far smarter than you who probably wrote the legislation, you know, kind of like a, a you know group project in school. She probably did all the work and you sat there and took all the credit. And in the end, y'all still didn't pass it, unfortunately. So that doesn't count as a victory. And then outside of that, how have you taken on the swamp? What have you done? I I genuinely, honestly want an answer for that. I want somebody to go up to Matt Gates and say, hey, you talk about taking on the swamp all the time. Show me an actual real accomplishment to your name that you did, not just joining on with somebody else, but something you personally did to clear the swamp. Nothing. He has done not a damn thing. And he's out there acting like a conquering hero sitting there patting himself on the back, telling the crowd, you're welcome for that, by the way. All you've done is create chaos for your friends and allies to the point where they now hate you so much that they're getting ready to release an ethics committee report in the coming months that might end your career. Not just as a politician, it could end any career you may want to have after you leave Congress. So you haven't drained any part of the swamp. You haven't gotten rid of any swamp rats. You have no accomplishments to your name, but you're popular, which I think at the end of the day is the only thing you ever wanted. Probably struggled a little bit with popularity, I imagine, through high school and college, and this is your way of making up for that. You don't care what kind of attention you get as long as you get the attention. So that's why you're out there creating chaos and making Congress completely dysfunctional, not because you're draining the swamp, but because you desperately want people to know your name. So a very interesting thing happened while Donald Trump was delivering his speech at CPAC over this past weekend. And it's a thing that kind of blew up on social media right away because based on the you know video there, it appeared that Donald Trump forgot his own wife's name. While Donald Trump was talking about his wife, whose name is Melania, in case you didn't know, he didn't mention her by name until he said Mercedes. Now, let me read you what Donald Trump said. Well, look, my wife, our great first lady, she was great. People love her. Oh, look at that. Wow. Mercedes. That's pretty good. That's a weird sentence in and of itself. And I'll get more to that in a moment. But people on social media immediately assumed that he was calling his wife, Melania Mercedes. So it looked, of course, like his brain just totally broke down and he was referring to his wife as Mercedes. What really happened to give you the actual context is that Mercedes Schlapp you know, the wife of Matt Schlapp, and of course, Mercedes Schlapp did serve in Donald Trump's first administration, uh, was right off stage. 
And he was looking at her when he said that. So he was not calling Melania Mercedes. He just got distracted and sidetracked because he saw her standing over there and decided to stop talking about his wife and start talking about her. And I will say that, of course, this blew up on social media. Everybody thought Donald Trump called her the wrong name. Uh, Keith Olbermann actually had this to say about it. He said, Trump spews out astonishing evidence of his dementia, brain trauma, and possible substance abuse on an hourly basis. There is no reason to add to this list easily disproven nonsense. He did not call his wife Mercedes at CPAC. He is unmistakably referring to Mercedes Schlapp. So Keith Olbermann came out and tried to get people on the left like, hey, stop it. Trump makes enough mistakes. You don't need to create one and then basically look foolish for doing that. And I agree with Keith Olbermann on this. However, let's, let's, let's think about this for a moment because this is still evidence of Donald Trump's brain breaking. Let me give you an example. Okay. Let's pretend for a moment. I am giving a speech and and I'll use myself. Okay. I will do exactly what Donald Trump did. And you tell me if this is how a normal brain works. This past weekend, my wife and I celebrated on Saturday, our 15 year wedding anniversary. And my wife, she was great. Everybody at the restaurant told her, wow, you look so amazing. And we had such a wonderful evening. Oh my God, this wall needs some paint. God, this wall needs paint. It's a good wall. It's a good wall, but it needs to be painted. Other than that, it's pretty sound. And the doors, the doors are great. We need to paint the doors, but they're great. Okay. What I just did there, I go from talking about my wife and our anniversary. Suddenly I'm talking about, oh my God, I got to do something about this thing over here. Cause I looked over here and completely lost my train of thought and took you down a new path that doesn't matter at all. That's what Trump did there. Cause he was talking about his wife. Then he sees another person who's like, oh, Hey shit, Mercedes, how you doing? What's going on? Now I got time. What's up? That's not normal. So even if he didn't confuse his wife for that woman, he still had some sort of like mental fart, if you want. I don't know what to call it. (laughs) And he just went off into a different conversation with a different person while he's giving a speech. So yes, we don't need to say that Donald Trump forgot his wife's name, but we probably should be talking about the fact that the man can't keep his train of thought going if he glances off stage and sees somebody he knows. That's a sign of somebody who maybe just has ADHD that's not being treated or could be a sign of serious cognitive decline. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced. Balanced.